Hi, my name is Umberto Mucci. This is We Italia News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Thursday, June 3, 2021. Up to now, 38.7% of the Italian population has received the first dose of the vaccine and 22.8% of the Italian population over 12 is fully vaccinated. The regions who fully vaccinated the highest percentage of the population are Molise, Liguria, Friuli, Venezia, Giulia, Abruzzo and Lombardy. Those who instead vaccinated the lowest percentage of the population are Sicily, Calabria, Sardinia, Veneto and Tuscany. This ranking changes if we consider the percentage of doses administered in relation to those delivered. From this point of view, the five regions with the highest percentage are Lombardy, Marche, Apulia, Umbria and Liguria, <coughs> while those with the lowest percentage are Sardinia, Lazio, Trentino Alto Adige, Sicily and Friuli Venezia Giulia. Italy has begun the vaccinations of students who this year will end the cycle of high school studies with the Esame di Maturità, the most famous test of studies in Italy, the one no Italian over 18 has or will ever forget. It's a pleasure to see them lined up neatly all over Italy, in some regions even in discos open for the occasion and only for the vaccine. There is no dancing, but there is music and while the DJ plays the songs they like, a nurse saves their lives. With their smartphones, they book the vaccine as soon as possible, with confidence that this will allow them to enjoy the vacations and the well-deserved rest after tiring years, especially the last two. If you are a young Italian student, the summer after the fifth year of high school, the one before studying college, university, is the moment when you have more time and freedom. It's nice to know that they can enjoy it without bad thoughts, safe. It's, uh, and from today, bookings will be free. The regions that want will already be able to open to children aged 12 and over. The goal is that before the start of the school year in September, the regions reach the maximum possible coverage of the entire Italian student population. June will be the most prolific month for vaccinations in Italy. So far in six months from December to today, 40 million doses have arrived, but in the 30 days of June, another 20 million will arrive. The legacy that the COVID emergency leaves to the Italian national health system is a heavy one. 747 thousand fewer hospitalizations and almost 145 million outpatient specialist services not performed in 2020 alone. To try to recover, the government has developed a plan for the elimination of waiting lists that will draw on the substantial resources not spent in 2020. Not spent because it turns out that there is a lot of money available to the regions for healthcare that was not spent in 2020. 1.7 billion euros out of 8.2 allocated. The only two regions that have spent all that the government had made available to them are Emilia Romagna and Tuscany. How is this possible? How is it possible that in an healthcare emergency the regions uh, have not used all the resources available to, the, to strengthen the staffing of hospitals where the personnel was at the point of exhaustion? If in some cases it is possible to speak of inefficiency in the management of procedures, in many others the problem was the lack of the professional figures sought, nurses and medical specialists, as well -known problem, a well-known problem somehow not addressed for several years. The reason, therefore, lies in the excess of bureaucracy and the lack of programming, two of Italy's ancestral evils. 
The Italy that is restarting and getting back on track is represented by the opening of an extraordinary place, long awaited, that was supposed to open last year but had to wait until now, the Museum of Italian Design in Milan. Italy is an absolute world excellence in design, and the Compasso d'Oro, the oldest, most prestigious, most Italian industrial design award in the world, is a good measure of its quality. The museum hosts the historical collection of the Compasso d'Oro, <coughs> consisting of all the winning objects from 1954 to the present day, over 350 pieces, plus another 2,000 documents, uh, photographs and drawings. Almost 70 years of design, art, industry, creativity and projects. An immense permanent exhibition, the most important and complete in the world, which tells the story of Italian leadership in industrial design. This is the first museum in Italy without a physical ticket office. You can enter only with an app or through the museum website. A place to visit in Milan, which has always been the capital of Italian design, and is also the capital of Lombardy, which is the region most affected by COVID, and the one that more than any other needs to be visited and nourished by the love of tourists from all over the world. Please come and visit Lombardy and visit Milan. But it's not just Lombardy that shows Italy's desire to restart. Yesterday, for the first time since his appointment as head of the Italian government, Mario Draghi visited an industrial district and he chose two in Emilia Romagna in Bologna and Modena. This is not by chance. Draghi does, not, does nothing by chance. In the first time he visited an, an Italian industry, Draghi made his first rhetorical speech because he knows that Italy now more than ever needs confidence, which is essential at a time like this when the country's living forces are beginning to plan for the future out of the pandemic. For entrepreneurs, it means replenishing stocks and making investments. For families, it means stopping saving and starting to spend again. For the state, it means making the necessary reforms and putting money into the system. The combination of these three forces can lead to lasting, robust growth and would help us get off to a good start. But to get there, the government needs to make reforms and investments and simultaneously communicate by instilling optimism and hope. Draghi's government has already started to do the first things, while the communication has changed with this speech, in which he abandoned the dry and neutral style of press conferences to spread optimism with full hands, inviting businesses and citizens to find the taste of the future. These are his words. I can perceive relief enthusiasm, a desire to start again and unleash our productive and entrepreneurial energies, our vision of the world. It's something that gives comfort. This Italy is alive, strong and has a great desire to start again. The months of the pandemic were very hard for workers and businesses, but thanks to the sacrifices of the Italians and the strong acceleration of the vaccination campaign, we are facing a new phase a phase of recovery and confidence on which to build a fairer and more modern country and release the energies that have been idle in recent years. Today, however, in Italy there is something that is dividing the country and it is not news about the future or about hope. On the contrary, Italians are divided over the fact that uh, Giovanni Brusca, the murderer of Giovanni Falcone, the hero judge in the fight against ma the Mafia, brutally killed in 1992, has been released from prison after serving his 25-year sentence. 
Unlike the United States, which does not negotiate with terrorists, Italy has fought and partly won its battles against the ideological terrorism of the 1970s and against the Mafia, thanks to laws that specifically helped and rewarded those who, after having spent years in the ranks of Italy's enemies, killing for ideological or Mafia reasons, decided to betray their affiliations, denounce those who were with them in exchange for protection and substantial penalty reductions. They have been called repentant, pentiti, hoping to favor the consensus of the people. But make no mistake, they did not repent of anything. They are just criminals who have simply and cynically decided that it was better for them to betray and collaborate with the state, which provided them with a way out. It must be said that Giovanni Falcone himself, the judge, was a great supporter of laws of this type, which have actually brought several positive results. <clears throat> but reality then presents the bill, and today this bill, this painful bill to be made, is to accept that Giovanni Brusca, the criminal, comes out of prison to rebuild his life as a free man with a salary from the state and protection for life. And many Italians do not like this at all. Giovanni Brusca is not only the man who physically pressed the button on the detonator that exploded 500 kilos of explosives, destroying a highway in Palermo and killing Falcone, his wife and three other members of their escort. Brusca is directly or indirectly responsible for 150 deaths, 150 people, including a pregnant woman and the son of a rival who started to collaborate with the Italian state, a 12-year-old boy who was strangled and then his body was dissolved in acid after two years of torture. Brusca is the worst criminal who was in prison in Italy until a few days ago. Some Italians say that his release is a victory for the Italian state, which has shown that it respects the pacts, thanks to which it defeated the Mafia, or at least Brusca's Mafia, because the Mafia in Italy still exists and does damage. Other Italians say that a man like this should not have been granted release after only 25 years, and point out that almost all of the families of his victims are not at all happy or supportive of this outcome. Whatever your or my thoughts are, since I'm with, Italians, uh, with Italian news, I tell you what is happening in Italy and what the Italian public opinion is talking about, I thought it was only fair to mention this issue too, a very heartfelt and highly emotional one that is dividing Italians in half. It's all for now, it's all for today. Please stay safe and stay healthy. Take care of yourselves. My name is Umberto Mucci, this was We The Italian News, I'll see you next Monday, ciao from Rome.